I'm Mirella. Hello, I'm Zoe. Welcome to the Critical Obsession podcast. We're going to talk about things that we love and that get us obsessed, like series, movies, books, maybe cats. Our latest obsession has been a Thai BL called Dangerous Romance. The episodes are free to watch on YouTube. There will be spoilers, so you should definitely go and watch the series before listening to us and girl about it. A little disclaimer, the idea for this podcast was born on a normal day when she was drunk and I was hysterical, hence the name. This will contain our personal opinions, random thoughts and theories, there will be cursing, and also be aware that topics may be adult in nature, and alcohol also may be involved. Well, I think we'll be painful to listen to, but bear with us. We already watched the first four episodes of Dangerous Romance, and we want to talk about it. We plan on doing a podcast reaction after each new episode that comes out. However, for today, we're going to talk about episode three and four. If you're still with us after all this, join us on our downward squirrel into our obsessions. Okay. So, episode four. This episode broke me. It broke me. (laughs) I mean, episode four is basically, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it was good. It's, It's just, as I said, it's such a, this show is such a mix of, like, great acting, great direction, great, great screenwriting, script writing. It has all of the bits. It all just works together. So the episode starts with Kang losing motivation. Yeah. And even Salom, even Salom trying to make sure that he does his homework and wor- works for to improve, it doesn't help. Like, he received his toys. He is, he's fine. He's going to... Who is going to do what he wants anymore? Like everything works fine. There's no need for him to make any effort. And then the grandma appears. I find it funny how Grand can get startled by the grandma every time. Like there, there's several times when this happened, and I'm going to take it too far and say that. This is a representation of how she knows more about him than he thinks she does. And, like, she's always watching him unobserved. And that's why she is able to sneak on him like this. She reminds me of a cat. Like, I just feel like she just appears because I don't notice her either. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the viewer, we, like, we're just as startled as he is because suddenly she's just there. And I'm reminded of my cats, like, for real. Like, I'll just be... <laughs> You know, you get that. You know, you get that sensation like someone's watching you, and you turn around, and they're like sitting there looking at you, and it's like, "What do you want? Do you want the cookie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you want something from me, or are you just being super creepy today? Because you can. Um. Yeah, I feel like she reminds me of a cat in that way. She's just like there, but yeah, I I feel like you're probably correct. And as you said, so we're getting we're getting the first scene is of uh, Kang blowing off his study in favor of playing games. Um, that changes because Grandma threatens Salom. She doesn't threaten Salom. She threatens Salom will lose his job. But in Kang's well, eyes, I mean, because he knows the thing. truth. It's like for him, yeah, for him. him. Yeah, for him, it's the same thing. It's I'm simplifying it in Kang li- in Kang's <laughs> language. <laughs> so yeah, and then. And then I, I, the next thing that sort of caught my eye as we're going into this part, first part of the episode was um, we got this quick focus on Salom's bag that he's been using, which was the bag that was ripped by Kang's uh, friend. 
Um, and okay, it's yeah. like, yeah, he's just like they destroyed it, you know, on his order or whatever. And it's just he's just is held together with safety pins, you know, and it's. Um, we see just... we see it when Kang invites Salom to his house, and they have this scene at the at the gates. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying this because yeah. I have something I I have something to say about this and I want to mention this because I'm going to mention it again later. <laughs> the gate bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's something just, Yeah, but I, I had like not really realized it hadn't sort of clued in to me that he was using this bag, you know, like he was still using this bag. But it makes complete sense because, you know, I mean, he's not going to waste money on replacing a bag he can't afford to anyway, you know, so um, that's not that unusual. And then I saw someone, I don't remember, then we see them um, already studying and Salam has this um, habit, habit of spinning the pen and yeah. someone says, someone said on YouTube, I think there was a commentary on YouTube or they were like, this is like a representation of the windmill and Salam spins the windmill. Or you just reminded me too. I was meant to look up that YouTuber, so I'm just going to do that while we're talking. Hopefully, nothing's going to randomly start playing and expose my weird. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's possible. And oh, new um OST songs up too. So we should listen to that after we watch episode five. I like how um there are a lot of back and forth transitions in this episode, like jumps in time. Mm. Kind of like showing the event and the consequence to this event. And then they alternate between the scenes a lot. I, there's a really interesting flow uh, to this episode. And I really like the way they um, constructed it. It's funny. I, I, to go back to the pen, you, you mentioned uh, seeing something about it on YouTube. Um, I think I said it too, because it's like he... it's he, I'm like, I'm waiting for, I keep waiting for Kane to get like mesmerized by it because I feel like it's like hypnotizing. Um, but he, it's more like we keep getting these moments of him like staring at Salon when Salon's not looking. Um, <laughs> it's quite funny. Like he's not, he's not looking at the pen. He's definitely looking at the boy, but um yeah, that's when we we, we have this moment. Uh, Kang stares at Salon. He is frowning. He's thinking about the consequences of uh, Salam losing his job. And then we had this transition again with him talking to the grandma and uh, explaining why this is happening because Salam is going to lose his job if the uh, Kang does not succeed in passing all the tests, all the exams. And then they jump back. I really like what they do. They do it here in the beginning and they do it at the end. And it's just beautiful. It's delightful. Mm. Kang asks Salam what happens if he loses his tutoring job and he, he's trying to do this nonchalant thing like oh yeah i'm just not i'm not even looking at you i don't care that much you know but mm. we do get this intimate shot of uh, salam because the camera gets really close and personal and uh, we see that the question really scares him and uh, we have the point of view of the camera because i think kang is not supposed or he does not notice this we are the mm-hmm. ones who notice this. And we see that the question is actually terrifying to him, but he doesn't mm-hmm. show it to Ken. And yeah, I mean, he's very blase about it all, you know? Yeah, um, his answer he is emotionless. 
Yeah, when he says, like, you know, he'll probably be okay, but if he's not, then he'll just get beaten up again. Like, it's like, and, you know, how you said about Kang seeming like he's being, like, relaxed about us or, you know, not so serious or not so concerned. But you can you can so tell. He's so worried, like. And then we have the study montage. I I love it. I love it with all my heart. We have, oh, we had the moment when Kang keeps staring at the, um, the stuff that he received with the video yeah, games. The VR, the VR, VR yeah. 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 He's longing for his, he's staring at his computer longingly. And it's so funny because, like, Salon wants to play. And it's like, to me, like, he's being, Kang, Kang says to him he hasn't had a chance to play it yet. Because basically what happened, because the other thing that we, we didn't, neither of us mentioned is, uh, Salom is shocked because when they're studying, um, he's basically, he does a test or he, he gives him something to do and he completes it really quickly. And he sort of says to him, like, how? Like, you can't have me finished this, this quickly. And he says, oh, no, I, I, I read up on the materials you gave me. So, like, literally the moment after Grandma walked out the room <laughs> from, like, threatening his boy, he was, like, in the books because <laughs> he was studying straight away. And um, so, like, he he says to him about how he didn't have a chance to play it yet. And then Salam's like, you know, he's curious too. And he's like, he wants to play it. And it's to me, it's the way that Kang gets so excited and lets him go first. Like, he's... He's like taking pleasure in the fact that Salom is experiencing this new thing. Like he doesn't even care. Like it's he was so invested in like playing this thing and now like his joy is coming from watching him play it. And and once again we have these moments of physical casualness in the way that they touch each other and move in move in and out of each other's space. And that happens all the way through the the study montage. The montage. Well. I call I call this montage Kang falling in love. <laughs> because if he wasn't if he wasn't totally there uh at the start he's there at the end of it yeah he's totally in love it's like kang falling in love and salon being like you know um finding him totally adorable so at the end of the study montage we have a bit with and i don't know if it's the you know actually, i actually don't know if it's the end of the study montage or if it's the beginning of this the night where the blackout happens but for the first time we have kang actually being distracted by the pen spinning like he's now he's now very aware of it you know oh yeah yeah oh yeah and i it, remember yeah and then yeah. they they he's staring at it and then they look at each other and they smile like yeah that's true. right no awkwardness <laughs> Um, like he gets caught. That's right. He totally gets caught, like staring. Um, and just quickly before we move on to the blackout bit, I just wanted to to mention it before I forget the uh YouTube reactor that uh, I mentioned when we were talking about episode three. The one who was talking about them being teenage boys is uh, reactions by Harvey. So he's really good. Go check him out. And so yeah, so the 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 blackout where there's like no power, which to me is like kind of I mean obviously it's a plot point you know so it's like we always say things like this we like comment on stuff that happens in dramas and like clearly it's happened for a plot reason but um it's like um Salom suggesting that he should have like a they should have like a backup generator or something like that you would think a house like a person a family with that much money would have some sort of backup generator especially in a country where they do have like rolling blackouts and stuff like that because of the the heat and the power consumption so um I, I did kind of think it was funny as well how like they it's like 
I thought it was funny because <laughs> basically what they did, what the writers did was were like, we're going to do this because we want the plot point of the blackout. But we're also going to explain like how like really, you know, like you should have this in place. Like why don't you have this in place kind of thing. And so it was kind of like they were kind of making fun of themselves for like including this thing, but also like ex- like kind of explaining it at the same time. So I thought it was kind of cute. And then also that segues into like other types of power consumption and creation. And we get the, the, we start to get the talk about the wind and the windmill. Oh, yeah. The wind and the windmill. And Salam extends the wind and the windmill thing too. Yeah. The, the explanation Kang. is hilarious, honestly, because like Kang is just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like and you then, lost me like kinetic energy or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. And then we get this stating, declaring actually in the form of um, asking. When Kang says, uh, well, that means, if yeah, the wind, that means- the, the wind is very important to the windmill, right? Yeah. And it's like, he's like, he's, it's like, he's asking once again, it's like, are you asking or telling? Like, and then the look, oh my God, the look, like, it's just, how is it not awkward? It lasts for a million years. Forever, seriously. It's like, you know, and I can't, I, I kind of like the theme song from like, Titanic had started playing or something I would not have been surprised I was just like it's that kind of like romantic like shit and it should be super awkward and it just really wasn't and it's a this is really is a credit to their acting like for real so this is fucking flirting if I wasn't flirting before that this is fucking flirting because Genk sees Salam's reaction and how he starts with the pen again and he's like "Uh -uh," you know and he enjoys it it's like yeah. he finally found a weapon to to make Salom lose his calm. Yeah, so we've got we've got Salom basically uh pushing Kang's button to like it, almost like goad him into a reaction, and then we've got um Kang realizing that he can flirt and and like fluster Salom. Exactly. Salom starts spinning his pen again. Like he, he's very he's definitely very flustered, and the way that Kang just looks at him like just totally drives me crazy it's i'm just yeah and they're so close like it moves on to them studying you know again and they're just he's so close to him like they don't need to be sitting that close he's not explaining something to you why are you guys sitting so close <laughs> like, it's a hot country like get some air in between you like what are you doing like for real i'm like what are you doing right now but, um, oh, yeah. they, they're doing something yeah and then we get, once again, we get Kang taking Salam home. Yes, on his new bike. On his new bike, yep. And he tells him about the bargain. bargain? Yeah, Grandma's threat. And Salam basically he tells knew. him that, yeah, he knew. And he's like, why did you put pressure on me? And then Salam is like, let's be honest, do I have influence over you? And I'm like, come on, come yeah. on. I mean, he everything he does right now is about you. Uh, uh, yeah. uh? He's just like you wouldn't listen to me anyway. I, you know, let's be honest. I don't. Do I have any influence over you? It's like, damn boy, you might be smart, but you dumb too. <laughs> and the like, look on Kang's over him. And the look in Kang's eyes, like, <laughs> like why won't you make me your own? That's why I read in his eyes. Like, why, why won't you accept me? That you have influence over me. Why won't you accept this role? Like, I'm giving this. I'm giving this to you. Just yeah, take I it. Like, I feel like he was expressing the same sentiment that I just expressed. That the whole like, 
boy, you smart, but you're dumb too. Um, <laughs> but it's like, who does he think Kang is studying for? Because it isn't his father. It's not for the bro- It's not for the bike. It's not for himself. It's not for grandma. Because if it was for any of those things, he wouldn't have slapped off before. You know, he he. It's not until Salon was threatened that he is like one hundred percent there. Like, you know, I feel like he knows. Like, it's this is the thing. <clears throat> I use the word threatened with the grandma's uh, bargain there, or way she put it to um, Kang, because it is a threat. It's a threat to potential violence for Salom, and that's how Kang would have taken it. Um, and like it's just like he's he he I think um he will eventually start to study for himself. Like I feel like he will get there. Um because it's a way to spend more time with Salom. But I think also he likes being um praised and he likes Salom having expectations of him. Yeah, um I think eventually it won't be just about getting something or some it won't be about Salom anymore. It would just be him. So he is stressed. Yeah, he's. I, it's so funny because it's so funny that you said he's stressed and that. I'm just like he's so stressed because like when when we it's not so much about the scene as the next scene where we're getting to see them sort of like well he's in bed you know and he's just like he can't sleep because exactly he feels he responsible. Is so stressed. He cares so much about his grades. Like this just like never happened to him before. Like. <laughs> You know, so you know, freaked by the whole thing. So yeah, that and was then yeah, and, and then we have a scene in school. Yeah, and and also the dum dum stuck in the doorway. Oh yeah, the secondary just, couple yeah. trying to get in the exam room like cracks me up every time I see it. <laughs> I'm just like seriously, like they're definitely the comic relief at this point. <laughs> and then we had the eraser moment. Oh, the they're, they're in the room. Yes. They're is doing the exam. Uh, Salom already gives his paper, and then on his way out, he leaves the eraser on the table on Kang's table, and he also slides his hand like this on the table. Yeah. And then Kang is like, Kang is confused because, like, for sure, Salom wouldn't just give him uh, the answers. Yeah, would you give him the answers? So he just yeah, looks. He looks at the eraser. Yeah, and it's uh, it's encouragement. Yeah, because it's like the the way he looks at him, he's just like like what you know what I mean? Like he's he he's like um he kind of almost looks disappointed for a second. Like he did he? I wondered if he thought that maybe he had given him the answers, like because he didn't think that he was smart enough or something. And then like when he turns it over and it says trust me you can do it like he's telling Kang I believe in you I trust you you know um and the way they turned like that super negative moment with the eraser into something positive and it's like their own little thing like it's this private little moment between them that was just like yeah and then we just get this little smile from Kang where he's just like you know he like just little, received like, yeah. something vulnerable yeah, valuable like, yeah and he's like I've got this like kind of moment it's just really cute and he fails chemistry. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. It happens to everyone at least once in a lifetime. <laughs> like he couldn't he couldn't pass everything because, you know, plot and all of that. But he's so disappointed. Like he's so upset that he let Salom down and he couldn't protect him. 
And like when he thought he'd passed all of the subjects, he was so happy. And then when he found out that he'd failed chemistry and his friends were all like, you don't have to spend any more time with him anymore. Yay. Yay. (laughs) They don't know him at all. They do not understand their friend at all. Like Derek's. And and then of course we have this, um, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, if it, if he, at that moment he is like just concerned about what this now means or if if he's realized that their excuse to spend so much time together is like suddenly gone i think at this point he's still he's still upset and uh, scared for salam he's waiting for salam's reaction when he yeah. when they meet at the station and he tells salam he looks so sad and guilty yeah and salam takes the pressure off of him yeah. And the way the way Shimon talks here is so freaking cute. It's like reassuring yeah. a child. His voice is so warm. Yeah. It's it, he acted this so well. I I loved him in that moment. I mean, I love him anyway, but he's so lovely in that moment. It's soft yeah. and cute and because it's everything. I feel like it's really clear to him in that moment as well like how hard he tried and how like concerned he is. You know what I mean? Like he he went into that uh, those exams like wholeheartedly like trying his best and that was like all he could expect for him at that point in time and it's not like they could work miracles in terms of like studying they were limited in time and all the rest of it and what he what he what his basic understanding of the sub- of the topics and everything were already and like he knows all these things like he legitimately intellectually knows all these things but he saw his efforts and he's you know, I think probably a little touched by it also as well, so... And he sees that Kang is upset and it's like, why? Are you concerned about the... And Kang says no, because to him, admitting that he is in that moment is like telling Salon that he did everything, all he tried mm. and he did it for him. Yeah. And then, of course, in this moment as well, he bought him the umbrella, the pinwheel umbrella. Yeah, oh yeah, and Salon always almost tells him about the First time this happened, but the bus comes. Now, now he has all the umbrellas, yeah. <laughs> all of Kang's umbrellas. Like there too. I suppose maybe, maybe it was something that Kang and his mother had because he said it's very precious to him. It's important, yeah. and maybe they both had the same type of umbrellas, and he gave his one to to Salom, and then now he gives this one, which was probably his mother's, to Salom as well, and. If it's true, like he gives, think about it. He gives his mother's umbrella to Salam right now. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I'm really interested to see that scene where that's all revealed. At first, I was like, I was really kind of a bit. I must admit, when I first saw when they first did that like little bit like flashback when they were kids, my first thought was like a really cynical kind of like, oh, why did they do this? Like we've already like I because I felt like they had done enough storytelling to us to confirm that he at heart was a good person like I'm like we're there already like you didn't need to do this I felt like at first I felt like that was they were trying to like really hammer it home to us you know just in case you missed it um here's this cute connection from when they were kids he was always good like I kind of was a bit that was like one of the bits of like if I had to pick a negative out of everything I've seen like in terms of the storytelling at the time when I first saw that bit that scene that would have been it 
but since then the way they've used that that narrative i'm i'm really enjoying it and now i'm super intrigued and i'm super curious to see how that will all pan out yeah it was actually a setup it wasn't just them showing yeah. us that gang is a good person yeah there was more and so to it. Mm. and then we see the scene of salom walking home in oh, the rain looking heartbroken, heartbroken in, heartbroken. and his face is contorted with pain and he has all these flashbacks and it's clear that he just he's just so upset and heartbroken by the fact that he won't be able to spend time with king yeah. anymore he, and he sorry, doesn't he, give a fuck about his job at that moment yeah, in that know, moment it, it's funny because like they have that role reversal so you're right at that time it, when it initially happens, Kang is concerned. He's worried about him. And, and Salom's just like, oh, no, we're not going to get to hang out anymore. <laughs> and then, then they kind of reverse. He then he then kind of, like, you know, pulls himself together. He's like, you know, save that for – save the sobbing for the pillow at the middle of the night. Um, and, you know, get out there and get your job back and stuff like that. And then we have um, Kang, who is still concerned, but also is like, you know, all by myself like he's just like on his own like <laughs> surrounded by friends but like longing to be by his side sort of thing um, i wanted to say something i wanted to say about when his brother finds him uh looking at the umbrellas mm-hmm. because uh when he gets home he looks at the umbrellas and we see that he has two umbrellas of kangs and they're the same yeah he, his he brother sees him and he he notices he kind of gets it probably you look heartbroken it's like you look heartbroken and he says uh salam tells him he lost his job and he says rich people are hard to please and then he's like are they out of their minds expecting someone like basically kank to pass all the exams i found it interesting such a it's an interesting remark and it doesn't really sound very kind it doesn't but at the same time like they that's it's he's not wrong though like it she they really haven't given i mean i had such an issue i i know we talked about it and i'm pretty sure it's in my notes here as well somewhere but we had such an issue with the whole concept of grandma basically like sacking him or firing him oh yeah because he failed one subject i mean like this is a guy who got like all 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 failed you know, and now suddenly he's passing everything except for one subject. Like, that is a huge improvement. And she would have, as you said, if she is observing him in the cat-like manner we think she is, then if she saw him, like, studying his fucking ass off, like, like literally threatening um, Salom and, like, you know, having Salom tutor him, it's like lit a fire under his ass. Like, you would not, you would not cancel that. But, to, but it, it is such a, like a, you know, I didn't get my instant gratification you know i didn't get my money's worth you know like so now i'm just going to move on to the next thing but salam did does say that a lot of parents do that a lot of parents kind of give up on the tutoring if it doesn't give them the perfect results that they want yeah right away Mm. but yes the situation with the grandma it's a bit weird that she actually did that and yeah she she probably, I don't know. She she was trying to light the fire under his ass, I guess. Yeah, I feel like feel Should I feel like it? it may have been part of her motivation. You know, yes. like, because we didn't we didn't actually see her like fire him as such. 
so did she actually do it? Like, I, I, that was a question I saw someone else wondering about. Like, she doesn't deny it when he says, when he goes to her about rehiring him or whatever. But, yeah. like, you know, like, we didn't see the conversation where she was like, I'm going to get a new tutor for you or whatever. Like, um, and, like, wouldn't that have been the time for him to say, if, if, that, if they'd had that conversation, wouldn't that have been the time for him to be like, well, you know, I'm totally not going to study then. Like, she must realise that he just, like, doesn't give a shit because, you know, there's been zero motivation up until now. She says to him, if you don't, you know, pass, then we're going to have to get someone new. And then suddenly he's studying. Like, I I feel like, I think I mentioned this earlier on in the last podcast, Uh, later on when it turns out they're dating and she finds out, she doesn't already know. She's, like, so stupid. Like, I feel like (laughs) she has to know. Like, I'm going to be so angry if they make her, like, not know. (laughs) Because I feel like, as you said, that cat-like, you know, inquisitive nature of her, I feel like she must know. But, um... She knows more than she lets out. Yeah. I think so. so. It, It will be disappointing if... If we're not right about it. I have high hopes for her. She's really an awesome character and I hope she stays that way. Yeah, same. So and I then we had this talk about before we go any further, I wanted to talk about like how they are. Like in this in this these scenes that we're getting that like are happening now, that they're yeah. no longer together. Because <clears throat> like they're not friends. So they can't go back to being friends. Um so they and they can't go back to how they were because how they were before was like, you know, <laughs> this weird bullying relationship. So now yeah. instead they have like no contact at all. So they've gone from spending like all this time together, which they really enjoyed, um, to like nothing, you know? And it's like he feels bad because he can't, like Ken feels bad, sorry, because he, he, he feels bad so bad that he failed it's almost to me like it's it, it in the beginning of like when they this separation between them sort of happens it's almost like he kind of can't stand to be around him like we have that scene where they're like standing in line for drinks or whatever and normally you know him and his gang would just push in line or whatever but he sees him waiting there and instead of like waiting in the line he's like oh, i don't feel like this anymore and he like you know goes somewhere else like it's like he's avoiding him um, oh i had found some thoughts about it yeah yeah, and I feel like it has to be guilt. It's guilt-based, you know, because it's like he he can't stand that he may have disappointed him. Yeah, they they are not welcome into each other's worlds. The changes up to now have mostly been internal, and the tutor-student relationship has been this role that they can play that won't really affect, shift their worlds too much because it was basically forced on them in the beginning, and they don't have to deviate from them redefined past by doing it like mm-hmm. it's safe and but in order to be accepted like to be um externally <laughs> to be there for each other things need to change yeah uh Kang needs to change visibly with other people as well and remedy the situation with uh, the friends and ask for forgiveness and i hope that they do that yeah same i hope they address that as well the bullying and everything because it, from what we've seen, it does seem like that behavior has stopped, um, in regards to like other people as well. But we don't, like, yeah, you don't want to just let him off. Like, uh, you know, for all of my jokes about Otto like shipping them, I still hope that he at least apologizes to Otto. You know what I mean? Like, it it needs to happen. Um, yes. 
but it's just like he's Kang is like they're so like what you're saying is true. They all of their and even like so they are so close. Like when this all kind of falls apart already without them even realizing because they haven't just been studying. They've been you know eating together, playing together. You know just like spending like all this time together. Um and having deep, meaningful conversations and bonding and having feelings and all the rest of it. But that's all, it's just between the two of them. It's like they're, they're in, they've been in their own little world. And as you said, they don't function out around everybody else. Like they don't know how to move around each other when other people are around. Um, but they're so lonely, you know. And um, like the, the scene where they're cleaning up the classroom and like Salom finds Kang's USB Oh, on the ground. Oh, oh, oh. and they both and they both grab it together like and seriously once again they're like holding hands they're just like standing they're holding there, staring hands at each other holding hands for an longing for each other yeah and it's just like and then we get move on and they start talking about like this sports carnival or something that's coming up and they you can tell that they both wanted to be like on the same team. They both wanted to be working together. Yeah, because like, Pinfa is like if you don't want to work, you can do this, but, uh, you can just be an athlete. And it's like probably before Kang would do just that. But yeah, right now they both want to work to, to spend time together. That's right. He's he's definitely like he chooses um to work over being athletic and he's definitely the more athletic kind for sure. And it's like when the when the names are called out and they realize they're not working together, like it's like they have this internal hope. Both of them, they both look so devastated by it. Like I think Ken even like, kind of kicks his does something like he 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 hits something with his foot or something. There's some uh, sudden movement when when he hears that they're not in the same team. Did you notice? No, I must admit I didn't notice. That. I was probably too busy thinking about them standing there holding. <laughs> He's squatting on the ground, holding hands for an eternity. It's so ridiculous, and it's so dramatic, and it's so cute. Yeah. Like, and we said we have also had this scene of that two dum dums flirting aggressively because they know right now it won't lead to a fight, and yeah. uh, because the shorter one is hurt. I know, right? It's so they're so um, interesting. That whole you know we spoke about that dynamic between them. Uh, previously about the way that they're just like they're all, they're on break at the moment until the other one heals. Like, yeah, I don't want. I don't think they actually want to fight. They just they just enjoy doing having these interactions. I feel like they want to make out, and it's just easy. <laughs> this is the easiest way. This is how it comes out, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the brother gets hurt. Yes, which complicates things and makes everything so much more serious. Like suddenly this lack of extra funding is a big deal. The brother has this suspicious look on his face. I don't trust him. I don't I know, know what yeah. it is I'm about so, it. About I'm so him. like I'm so I'm so mixed up with the brother. I, I don't really know what to think. And I know it's completely irrational on my part, but when I look at him I see Gumper and Gumper's a good guy, so I <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm having trouble imagining him being like mean or like deceptive, but I don't trust him because I, in the way that like I I don't think um Salom should trust him. Like no one should ever give that man any money. Like for real, like all of the money should be held by Salom. Um, I just feel like he's so irresponsible with funds and stuff, and I just yeah, I don't know. I'm the whole thing just kind of I, I I'm not really sure where it's gonna go, but I know it's gonna you know we know we know it complicates things. 
And like when Kang overhears about Salom's brother, like he's now even more worried than he was before, you know, like he's just, yeah. Yeah, then we have the scene in the bathroom. The oh scene God. in the bathroom. Seriously. Okay, so now this, this is the moment. This is the, the moment. moment. This is the moment, the fall. Oh, the fall that should have been cheesy but still was not awkward. Like, oh, yes, I, yeah. They're so close. They're so close. They're like, you know, I'm just, and Kang is literally clutching Salom. And he catches him when he falls. And it's like, there's just so much, like, he's rescuing him again. There's just so much, like, happening there. And I'm just like, oh. oh." (laughs) This scene um, made me think of A Walk to Remember. Like, toward, I I was not able to articulate it at that moment. But uh, as time passed, I realized why. So, this scene and the stuff that happens later and everything is in this episode, basically. So, and what happened before as well. This moment that you expect to feel like, usually, you know, it would feel like cliches, right? But it don't. Yeah. It doesn't. When no. Salom sleeps and falls into Kang's arms, you're not like, oh my God, stop. Because this is how I feel when something like this happens. This is a reaction that moments like this evoke in me in our series. Usually, you're like, oh my God, yes. Because they make use of this moment. They yeah. move the plot forward. Like, Kang takes this physical closeness as a perfect moment to offer, offer help, like, to get close um, with his words, with his... Uh, he asks he asks him, like, uh, how are you okay? And then, are you okay? And he looks so concerned. And so... I feel like it's like, you know how I was talking about before, how they've created this own little world for themselves during this like period of like um tutor student relationship time this moment where he catches him and he's like clutching him close and as you said they're like having this bit how he takes advantage of it to to like be close to him and be serious and be you know whatever it's because that's their own little world there's no one else around them. there's no one in the bathroom with them they're in this enclosed space together in each other's space in in a, in a similar way that they have been for like I assume a couple of weeks now or whatever and it's like it's comfortable for him to be like that and we don't get any sort of you know awkwardness from either of them like it's just you know it's it's so natural and that's why it doesn't seem cliche so why I think it why it reminds me of Walk to Remember Entertaining I think this mm-hmm. series uses tropes in a masterful way that doesn't evoke cynicism like it's done with such sincerity and thoughtfulness that they do not um, throw you out of the moment they pull you in actually it does as you said as it doesn't feel like cliches it was done similarly in a walker of uh, walk to remember especially because uh, there are so a lot of similar moments like in A Walk to Remember, the protagonist, Landon, is a rebel without a cause. He is a bully with an absent father. He's aimless. And they both have this critical moment where they act based on instinct and it reveals their true moral compass, right? Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the movie. And shows that at the core, they are not bad people. As happened with uh, Kang during, at the end of episode two. And then they find a person who gives them meaning and they find their direction and decide to do 
to be better for that person and then later for themselves. And Titanic with a class difference, of course, and, and Rose is the protagonist who regains the will to live because of the other person giving them meaning. And mm. all this, this is so, everything is unapologetically, uh, unapologetically romantic and pure and it's amazing and it just, you just have to enjoy it. You have to open your heart and enjoy it. And mm. if you do, it, there's, it can give you so much. Yeah, you're right. They, they've, they've used everything so well. So, and I think, I think as well in talking about, cause you, you use the, the term terminology tropes. And I think the other thing is that's I, I, I think I mentioned it previously, but I can't remember, but I definitely have mentioned it when you and I have been talking just like, you know, off the podcast. Um, and that is that these moments that they have, that if any other characters in any other drama did them, you know, it would be super cheesy, super awkward. Like what you're saying, you would be like clutching your pillow going, oh my God, kill me now. Like this is the secondhand embarrassment is so, you know, so huge. Um, And it's like, we don't, the reason why we have that experience usually in these kinds of moments is because one of the characters is embarrassed or shy or whatever. They're not, they're not. They're just that comfortable. Like they, when they flutter or get like whatever, have these other, these moments with each other, it's never in this sort of situation. It's never with the longing look. It's never, like it's not in this, the the moments where it should be like kind of cringe and awkward. It's never there. Like they're always so, like you said, they're always so honest and just like in that moment that it's like it's, you can't help but be in that moment with them. And yes, and whatever happens next is like a logical and a very natural continuation of that moment. It just, it flows beautifully. Yeah, for sure. So Salom loses the car washing job and is approached by the debt collector guy, Pinane, he's his name, Pinane. And he suggests the job of, of an escort because he saw him speak with foreigners and here that's how this idea came to him so we have the meal then our salam goes home and the brother prepares the meal he had that meal and so salam at first he looks like yeah yeah he yeah yeah good this is nice but the music in the background is sad so we meant to think and also the way salam looks is Obviously, he's obviously disappointed and hurt because this brother, his brother is doing this. And this is when he thinks he can't rely on his brother and actually considers he has to take the escort job. Yeah, because this, he, yeah, his brother is, is so irresponsible. I mean, like, in that moment, you know, okay, his employer has given him some money because he injured himself at work, all right? So it's... You know, instead of using that money to pay his doctor's bills or to put towards their debt or no, no, he went out and spent an, on an expensive meal. I mean, like, who does that? That's something that someone, you know, with very little cognitive thought, <laughs> the wrong term, but like, he's just like, I don't know, he's so irresponsible. Um, and they're in so much trouble. Like, they, they still owe, mo- like, they still, I think, owe the money from last time. It's like, it's just, yeah. 
Yes, and then we have part four of this episode, and th- and part four is something that I severely needed in my life, and I just didn't know I needed it until I had it, and then I just, <laughs> oh, my life is about this moment. Ah, goodbye, okay. cute. Okay, so as you were saying, it's um, they go to a restaurant or a cafe for a meal, and they see a uh, salon there with his, with an old man who he's escorting, who keeps, like, touching him and stuff. <laughs> and as I said, like, Kang, when he sees that guy, like, touching Salom, like, he can't look away, but he's dying. Like, he is just... She's, like... She can't look away, and she sees it, and she knows. She knows oh, something's yeah. up. He's but so... he's not even trying to hide it. Oh, yeah. He's so obviously angry, um, disappointed, worried, jealous. It's like, you name it, and it's there. And I have to say, like, I literally wrote in my notes, is it wrong that I'm curious how much, like, Salom's getting paid? <laughs> I, I'm so curious. <laughs> like, why does my brain work that way? But I was <laughs> um, Because, like, initially, all they're doing is having a meal, right? So I'm like, <laughs> what, did, what did he get paid for that? Um, initially. But, yeah, initially. Mm. Um, but yeah, the friend, she's, she's sweet and, um, Pimpa. Pimpa, yeah, I'm never going to remember her name. I have to say that. Yeah, yeah, first she stops him when he goes to, uh, like, she tries to stop Kang when he goes to Salam to ask about the client. Yeah. From her point of view, she doesn't know, uh, that they're, like, (laughs) what they feel for each other in that moment. She doesn't, she just tries to defend, uh. Salom, I think, in that moment. But he goes there anyway. Nothing, you know, too bad happens. Well, I mean, and then think about it from her point of view. As I said, no one's seen the way they are together when they're alone. So if you take it from, like, what she knows of their relationship, their relationship is very antagonistic. And so from so from her point of view, I feel like she was, like, justifying... Um, Salom, yeah. That's Salom. why she was talking about the no, other guy. Like, that... So she was like, you know, yeah. like, you can't hold it against him you can't use this against him because it's legitimate like you know like he things must be bad if he's doing this kind of thing like and which is completely unnecessary <laughs> he's not even listening to her at this point he's just like <laughs> stop him from touching yeah so. yeah and then that moment when she also stops gang from they're outside salam looks all um just he looks shy not shy she looks he looks embarrassed when they appear and Kang's yeah. almost Kang almost says something and Pimpa stops him which is oh, yeah. so like good so like yeah he would he have like said so something so yeah. bad he would it was it would have been bad yeah he's like so ready to be like what the fuck are you doing kind of thing and um she's another one that later on if it turns out she doesn't realize they're together then i'll be really surprised because i feel like it's so fucking obvious um at least on kang's point of view that he likes him yeah Um, because what the fuck else would that moment be i mean i know right yeah she has to know that's right and especially like for what happens afterwards or she must know and so i really once again hope that they don't misuse her character like i hope they keep her as the friend who is like you know their champion and because of course she does the sweetest thing. She's so sweet. She she offers to get Salam to tutor her, and I feel like he he initially rejects her, and I feel like it's probably because she's probably quite smart, and he probably knows that. Um, but she's persistent, you know. Like she 
she is very obvious about what she's doing. Um, it's very sweet, but she's she's offering a solution. And then of course we've got Kang standing next to her. Uh, and you you know like he should be hot, happy that a solution has been offered, but he's not happy. He's really really not happy. Um, and he just he wants it to be him. He wants it to be him who gets to spend time with Salom, and he wants it to be him who is the savior, who's fixing the problems. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I um I really uh, you know I will talk I'm not really sure where we're gonna insert <laughs> insert our song talk but um with the Kang's uh, OST I really do think in the future that he's gonna outgrow that song because I feel like he's he's gonna be too jealous for his own song lyrics. Oh yeah. Um, so then we get Kang and he's so angrily playing his. VR game like he's just I, I felt so sorry for him I'm just like but <laughs> he was just like he's he's you know and then he the, when he's talking to the grandmother because of course the grandmother comes along and she's like what's wrong with you like why okay, you but at that point at that point like basically Salom has a rescuer Tifa is there she he agreed and in that moment, he's angry that he's not. It's not him, yeah, the one who. That's right. Yeah, he's angry. Rescued yeah, him. He's angry. He he shifts his anger and his jealousy from the creepy old man to his friend, which is hilarious. Um, considering you know, like, there's clearly that's not something that's happening. You know, like whatever he's imagining. You know, like it's not even it's not even a jealous romantic jealousy. I think he's just he wants to be the savior and he wants to be the one who can spend all this time with him. Um. But yeah, like he, when he starts talking to the grandmother and he says like... Oh, he gets startled by the grandma again. Of oh course. yeah, once again. You know, she crept up on him on her cat feet. <laughs> on her kitty cat paws. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? Um, meow. And um, <laughs> I... <laughs> when he's just like, I feel sorry for him. I'm just like, boy, who are you joking? Like, you're scared and you love him. You wouldn't talk like that if you were just concerned and sorry for someone. I mean, look, he he basically what uh what does he say? Without wind, how can a windmill windmill spin? Like he's basically just said to his grandmother, "I can't live without him." I just like, remember I mean, your you remember your voice message about this. I can't function without my wind. Yeah, I need, <laughs> forever. I need him in my life. I remember this love. forever. It is. It's a love declaration, right? You know, like, and it's like, I feel like this is why I'm saying, like, later on when it comes, turns out that they're dating and people find out because they inevitably will, if she acts dumb or she doesn't know, I'm going to be like, dude, how do you not know? Like, how do you not know? Like, he just told you he loved him. <laughs> um, And, of course, like, so then we see the grandmother and she goes – to see Salom at school and she makes him an offer. She fixes um, his bag symbolically and she yeah, gives she it does. to him. She fixes his bag and I it's funny, I wrote notes here. I was just like, you know, it's once again, she's kind of like making me love her because she didn't just replace it. Like she could have replaced it. She's got money. She could have just bought him a new bag. She could have been like, oh, here's a new bag I got you because I saw you old one at our house and it was like damaged. But she, no, no, she understands the value of things. It means more to him because she fixed it herself. Like, she actually says, oh, I mended it for you. Like, yes. so, you know, like, it's, and he accepts it with a smile. Like, he's grateful. Um, 
And so, like, Grandma's like, you know, um, we get these flashbacks between between this scene and and the scene with the grandmother where, you know, like she Kang is like, I need, you know, he we need to help him pay off his debt, sort of thing. And uh, she's like, why don't you just lend him money, like? <laughs> yes, he never actually tried to lend money. He tried to give money, but he never actually uh, offered to lend money. Because I feel like by this, for this point in time, like he knows Salom so well that he knows he wouldn't accept it. Like there's no way he would take money from him to. But you see, he he accepted uh, the job offer from Pimfa, even though it was obvious that she was trying to help him. But he won't accept this from Kang. No, because there's feelings there. And because I, he's not going to want to do anything that's going to make them feel unbalanced, I think. Um, and so, but yeah, like it's just, and then so of course it goes back and forth, back and forth a bit. And then. Yeah, you know, I want to say yeah. something. Like this whole sequence has such a nice flow. Yeah. Jumping from Ken's conversation with the grandma, then to grandma talking to Salon, then to them thinking about each other in their beds, and then to grandma and Salon again, and then to the gates, and the conversation from these different moments in time overlaid, and normal scene transforms, transforms into a voiceover scene, and the sound from the last scene that you saw, or the scene that's, that's coming, you know, is uh, not what you're supposed to be uh, hearing right now, and I really like how they did it. It feels it feels like an avalanche, and it just keeps escalating, escalating until the end, and it's like at the end, yeah. you're just like, wow. Well, I mean, I'm curious too because, like, I really, I wonder if we're gonna get another scene from this this part, like later on, because um, especially if it turns out that the grandma is like, we're like team grandma, and she's like, I knew all along, you know, like, um, because I I feel like this potential for like another glimpse of this scene like i really wonder like did he tell his grandmother everything that he did to salon like did he has he confessed like in that moment does he confess like all the bad shit he did and how like he's contributed to like the position that he feels like salon was in at the moment or is it just like did he just like lay his heart bare was the you know like i can't live without him enough for for her (laughs) like um, and also, I want to know, whose idea was it for him to, because basically, she basically says, tutor him and get him into a university and I'll pay off all your debts. And to do that, you need to come and live with us because we need, he needs intensive study routine. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, so whose idea was it to, like, give him uh, free access to her grandson? <laughs> like, I'm like, was that your idea or was that, was it Kang's idea? Was it Because I feel like... I. You know, I mean, it seems we like talked about it. It seems like did. an adult, uh, adult it decision. Does. Yeah, it it's not like something it. that would have come into Kang's head. I, See, I, I cannot imagine it. I've been thinking about it though, because I think, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that it was totally his idea. Because if you think about it, like, often, you know, when things go bad, like, clearly, um, basically one of the conversations you know around him getting beaten up and that I believe it's like he says something like if if we don't have the money and like the brother's not around or whatever like he gets beaten up or something so I feel like it could possibly have come from Kang like he may be wanting to like actually take him completely out of the out of that space where like you know that violence it's possible yeah yeah so 
that in that respect I, I wondered but yeah I'm like super curious I'm just like you know and I'm like uh, I don't know grandma do, do you know like what you're doing right now or like <laughs> I'm like what kind of bargain was made for that <laughs> it's it's a brilliant bargain go grandma be awesome yeah. forever please I'm I want to like but yeah so I'm just like, yeah you've just given them like free access to do like whatever shady shit to each other they want to I can't wait to see today's episode. Like we're recording this on Friday, and we haven't watched. And the episode is already out. We haven't watched it. I'm dying. I'm dying. dying. I'm like, even as we're talking, I'm like, this is taking too long. No, (laughs) (laughs) I want to say one more thing. Remember, I talked about the parallels and how. So I talked about the gate. There's a parallel here. At the beginning of the episode, Salam is invited to Kang's house to study. He comes there, the scene is from his point of view, from Salom's. We're looking at the gates from the outside, and uh, has he has to ring the gate's bell and wait for Kang to come and let him in. It's like he's the outsider who gets a temporary invite, right? Yeah. However, at the end of the episode, um, it's Kang's point of view. And Kang is waiting for Salom in the rain. His umbrella is black. He's dressed in black. Everything is bleak. And the scene even starts without seeing him through the gates. And it's like, it's like he's behind the bars and waiting to get rescued. And though, you know, he's the one doing the rescuing in his mind. And then we hear the voice over again. And um, we hear him, hear him saying the windmill thing to his grandma. Like, how can the wind move without windmill move without wind? And then Salom appears the wind appears and with the blue umbrella and suddenly there's color everywhere and Kang's face lights up and he rushes to open the gate door and like how dare they make this so romantic and you know we hear about moving the moving in and we get to know much how much this actually this moment means like in conclusion Mm -hmm. in conclusion episode four is a story of how Kang fell completely and irrevocably in love like he was concerned and attracted and intrigued and overwhelmed and obsessed in the beginning, but it's it's real love by the end. Yeah, and I feel like um the the stuff that you mentioned then yeah like the 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 couple things that I noticed as well like you said in the beginning uh Salom had to be let in and 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 all the rest of it and that's like there there is also sort of like some uh like parallels or metaphors for you know being um led into the privilege as well and um um you know given like a like you said like an access pass kind of thing but also the bit that I loved and it just builds on what you were saying about the bleakness and and everything else what I noticed about that scene or, or the way it felt to me um the way Perth sort of played it is he looked so anxious as well and it made me think like because we didn't actually see um, Salom agree to Grandma. Oh yeah, yeah. So, that's why I think he was. That's what what. Blah, blah, blah. So it was. So I felt like it felt like that scene to me. Like from his point of view, it very much looked like um, he had said something like "I'll let you know" or whatever, and she'd sort of given him a thing, you know, like "Come tomorrow if you, you know, if you if you agree or whatever." And he was like waiting to see what his decision was. Like that's what I felt like. It felt like to me he was waiting to see if he would if he was agreeing to like this transaction between them. 
and um obviously it's it's more like this this offer for whatever reason like as you said he's already down he's love he's in love he's like this means more than whatever like whatever um it seems to be it's more to him it means more it's more important it's all that sort of stuff but the other thing that I noticed um, about this scene was, and this is to 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 go along with what you were saying about the bleakness and the dark clothes and the dark umbrella and everything, is and from his point of view from from inside is from inside like the kind of gate and everything they've got is like you know like bars like on a prison cell. And when I was watching that scene, I felt like it was like he was locked in. And then of course we get that scene, that really moving scene, and then they move inside and we get the hair drying scene. <laughs> Oh yeah, and yeah, this seems. He's so really happy. Cute. Salam is there. He's just so happy that Salam is there. He really is, and it's like you know, he's like so concerned. Once again, he's like, "Oh, your hair's wet. You need to dry it. You get sick." And it's like his hair is hardly wet at all. Like, like literally, Kang's hair is wetter, which is I think why Salam's like, "Actually, your hair's wet." Um, you know, you actually said uh, uh, that there is, there is no, they're so comfortable with it, with each other, and there's no weirdness in their, they're very comfortable with their physical touch there. But uh, Salam was aware of, her, I mean, <laughs> of Kang's physical presence, and this is the first moment when we see Kang being aware of Salam's physical. That's right. Presence. Yeah. This is where. So this is where he is um, emotional and. Um, uh, intellectual like feelings switch to attraction I feel like like well not attraction but awareness because suddenly he's very aware of how close um Salome is and the fact that he's touching him and he has a little mini freak out it's really cute and it's just it's so funny because like you see that Sal- Salome like realizes that he's kind of like it's almost like he's acknowledged the fact that he's flustered him mm-hmm. and much the same way that Perth is when Perth flosses Salom, he's like quite amused amused by it, you know. And so instead we have Kang who like basically like loses his shit for a moment because Salom is drying his hair for him. Um, He like kind of is like, I have to go to the toilet and like rushes off. But then we see this cute little moment of him in the background where he like looks back and he's all like, oh, he's all like, like, I'm so happy I can die. Like he's such a Dear Dari, today he touched my hair. <laughs> and then, like, and then, like, Salom sort of turns around and he, like, fucking just, like, runs practically. It's just, it's so funny. Like, it's, it, once again, it could be a moment that could have been, like, super cheesy, but it just wasn't. It was, like, the perfect way to finish that, really. I agree. And then we have the after credit scene. That's right. And now this scene, I felt, like, was a little bit, like, cheesy, but that's because this was the product placement scene. This was the... This was the moment where they went, oh, crap, we forgot to do the product. <laughs> they did this. It would have ruined this. This episode is so fucking perfect. I think it's perfect that the product placement would have ruined it. So I, uh, uh, it was the best decision to do this after the credits. Well, do you know what, though? I was still super impressed. Even though I found it a little bit cringe, I was so impressed. So, like, we have the, um, we have basically, um, Kang is um studying his little heart out and Shinon's like uh Shinon's like take a break and uh, he's like no I'm in the zone leave me alone and he's like no no take a break and he's like here have a drink take a break nah 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 anyway so um <clears throat> we end up with uh, Salom doing the what I now refer to as the not me handshake 
um, where he shakes up the drink so it gets all fizzy and, like, spurts all over the place. And, um, yeah, I just, in that moment, the reason why I was, like, kind of, like, impressed by this scene was I Perth is such a good actor. Like, for real. How did he not flinch in that scene? Like, I'm sorry, but I don't care how good of an actor you are. You knew that was coming. You knew that you were about to get a face full of sticky ass fizzy's drink. Like, how do you not flinch? Like, I just, he just, like, the boy doesn't even move. Like, he doesn't even blink. I was so impressed by that. Um, yeah, and this is really, really good. But yeah, and then there was this whole, like, um. Oh, uh, be my servant, right? Yeah, be my servant. And it's just like, um kind of cracked me up though because it was just like basically we it was like shades of the bullying but like it was playful and it was it was um what's the word I'm looking for um it was consent given because um uh Selom's like sure no problem kind of thing like he completely agrees to it it's like very willing and you know whatever um but then we have um Kang being like he wants to be his servant too, and it's just yeah. like, um, no, okay. let me be your servant. That's yeah, just... yeah, and it's just like, um, okay then. <laughs> now, 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 end scene because otherwise I'm afraid of what's happening next. But yeah, like it, and then of course then we got the trailer for tonight's episode, and it's just like, what have we got next episode? Episode five, living together, the first aid scene, which I'm sure is going to be cheap. I feel like the first se- first aid scene has to be cheesy. It probably won't be because it's them, though. And then we have the fall on the other person in the library scene, which has to be cheesy, right? <laughs> let's just, let's be. just, I, I need to see it. I need to see it to decide. I know. I cannot, I know. I, after episode four, my ex, my expectations are so big. I just, I know, right? Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Hopefully we won't be disappointed. Otherwise, this could be the shortest ever podcast series. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so that's basically, right. unless you had something else to say about episode yeah, four. Besides... We're going to insert uh, the clip where we talked about the soundtracks here, and then basically that's it. Yeah. And so basically at this point as well, when we when we recorded this, there was, well, previous to this, there was only the two songs. So um, one from Salom's point of view and one from Kang's point of view. But today they've actually dropped the third song. Uh, which apparently is uh, for for both of them. So I'll be curious to see how that one works out. We may um, talk about it in the next video or coming up sometime, but um, we'll put that one in now and then we'll uh, we'll see you in the next episode, I guess. Okay, so I wanted to talk about the two OSTs or original soundtracks that have been released. We've basically got one performed by Shinon, so it's uh salom's point of view i guess and then one by perth which is i guess meant to be kang's point of view which is called here with you i believe so first off they released wind first which actually makes sense when you think about it because as you said they the first time it's played is at the end of episode two at least the first time it's integrated as an uh as in the story and not as an intro because uh perth's song is and the intro song yeah, but I was going to say, Perth Song's the intro song, isn't it? Yeah, okay. So they released Wind first, though, like like in terms of like releasing the actual song, it was released first. And their names are so significant in the show, this whole idea of wind and wheel, windmill, which obviously we've spoken about when we've been talking about the episodes. And it's 
obviously, once again, that plays into this song as well because, you know, they use it as a metaphor uh, several times. But describing, because, I mean, obviously this is describing his feelings for Kang and there's this line in the song where he basically describes Kang as a light in despair. That's not quite the lyric. It's slightly different to that. But I was just like, wow, that's really kind of interesting because it's all like how lonely he was and and all the rest of it and how that's changed. And there's just some, there's like some really nice imagery in it, like the wind beside you. And given that his name is wind as well. So it's like, you know, I'm going to be beside, beside you sort of thing, ready to be strong for you. I'm the wind that falls for you wholeheartedly. I love that lyric. I think it's beautiful. This is such a pretty song. And Shimonze sings it so well. Their voices, their singing in the songs is really good. Yeah. And I I feel like this is, it'll factor more into it as he learns more and as he develops more feelings for, for Kang and everything. But I did think it was very interesting that the film clip for this is very, like, I mean, obviously it's got inserted scenes and everything, but the main part where he's singing in that is very simple, simple neutral colours. It's very calming and sort of somewhat romantic and everything. And then the opposite of that we have with Perth's um, Here With You, the setting is really bright. You know, you have all those bright, colourful umbrellas. I love that. It's like, yeah, continue your thought because I will steal it. (laughs) Yeah. So yes, yeah, so it has all these uh, colorful, bright umbrellas and everything. The song is really upbeat, upbeat and everything. But the song itself is actually not a very happy song when you listen to it. It's not. It's it's somewhat positive, but it's like it's interesting. I just find the brightness and the cheerfulness of the the music and everything is kind of in competition to a little bit of like what he's saying, and also how I think it's going to factor into his storyline in the future. I want to say that it's like he's desperate. He pleads for uh, Salom to stay. And you were talking about the colors. Salom's life, it's it's so extreme and it's uh, always tense. And uh, his clip being with all these pastel colors and, and nice and comfortable, it's like a Kang brings this... Um, peace into his world now he is protective now he is calm Uh, while for Kang his world was bleak he was bored he did not know what to do with his life and and then Salam appears and now there's brightness there's light there's Mm. motivation and everything so yeah that's interesting I like how you notice that well, I mean, it's interesting that, you know, like the, the general gist of this song is that he wants him near and he wants to pro- prolong the feelings they have for as long as possible. And we're starting to see that in the show. Um, the lines about keeping it simple and not, you know, not conf- making any, you know, c- confirmation, keeping it a secret. So people can't mess with what they've got, basically. Um, so it's just something that's theirs. And to keep it as long as possible, um, but still wanting to be together forever if they can, if if possible in the future. And I, the, the lines are, if it feels right to you, um, but if not, it's okay, we'll let it be. But in my heart, I hope we're meant to be. He's basically like saying, anything with you is good enough, right? He's... 
I'll accept anything you're willing to give me. That's right. As long yeah. as, as I can stay by your side. The song, although really upbeat, it, to me it seems really sad because he's basically willing to settle for anything he can get. So as long as he doesn't lose Salom, this is why coming back to the name of the show and I, I said to you about how I thought Dangerous Romance fits because I feel like the title actually works because it this romance, this love that they're having has the power to like completely destroy both of them essentially. Although they're just teenagers, like this isn't a crush or like a teenage infatuation with them. I feel like they're actually in love, love, like, and they're going to get to a point. I feel like where they're really dependent on each other, not in a negative way, like in, in like a positive way, but when you're that tied to someone else and most people, let's face it, most people, when they fall in love, you fall in love and you coexist and you you support each other and you know you know if you have a good love you have all these things but theirs is going to be different on a different level because they've been through all these things and because they can see in each other what the other needs and what one is lacking is what the other one can provide essentially and so they I feel like they're going to be in love at a level where most people won't get it and won't really understand it that's why I where I think this is all heading with them. I really love both songs a lot. Like I've added them both to my playlist. I keep listening to them a lot. Um, Speaking of the title, I think I I uh, send you I sent you a voice message, right? And uh, I was wondering why they changed it. I still think the better title is "Heart in the Wind." Oh, definitely. I, so you said you have a theory, and I started theorizing because i have no chill <laughs> you wanted to say it for the podcast right oh, and i started right. theorizing yeah, and i was where we were talking about before yeah um, the end of episode two's chat when i was mentioning the bicycle um yes. because i i said to you i had a theory um as to why it was a dangerous romance and why it sort of fit and you came up with a bunch of reasons and one of them was particularly hilarious for me so oh, yeah yeah, we should, we, should, we should insert this right now. Probably is okay. probably where it inserting, should get inserted. Inserting yeah. voice messages here. Is it because they're riding that bike a lot and it's dangerous? Is it because it's dangerous for my mental health? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> thinking, I'm laughing thinking about what we probably just shared. Um <laughs> Because it was really funny, I swear. It was the best thing like that happened to me that day. Um, is listening to that message. Um, I knew I was go. I knew I was tormenting. Me losing my mind. The messages got more and more desperate after that. Um, <laughs> but I really caved and just gave you the information. Um, but yeah, I I just think this song is sad because when you think about Kang, because from his point of view, it's sung right. So, but I think this won't ever be enough for him in the future. Like, I, I feel like this song will only fit for a while. I feel like he's going to be greedy um, and want everything. And I feel like he won't be able to, like, I feel like he's not going to be able to share Salom. Um, and we've, we've sort of seen that already. We see that it, trajectory in their relationship. We have this bit in episode four where obviously he really doesn't like what he's seeing with the guy, but even so much to the point that when his friend actually becomes uh-huh. the solution, yes, thank you for the name, <laughs> um, comes the solution. I'm here to provide the names. Yeah. <laughs> with accurate pronunciation. Um, yeah, he, I don't know about that. Well, I feel like it's better than if I tried it. Um, yeah. I no, like- no, I said Salem for, I think, like, 
half an hour of this podcast. So, uh, it, it's is it Salom? I think it's Salom, isn't it? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even sure. sure. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, we're probably yeah, we're probably butchering it. I feel like I should apologize. Yeah. Anyway. I'm really sorry. That's right. I mean, my name's Zoe, but people still get that wrong, and I'm not really quite sure how, but it happened. Um, hopefully, they won't be too upset with us for the pr- mispronunciation, if that's the case. But I feel like we see that, as I said, when, when she's becoming sort of the saviour role, like she's basically solving the problem. She's solving a problem that he's really not happy about, but you can see he's not happy that he's not the one that's solved it. Like he's exactly. jealous. And I'm just like, this song, this song is like, I'm happy with whatever. Just give me, you know, like, your pinky. I don't need everything. But I'm like thinking he he's getting to the point where he's so like in love. He has no idea, of course, still at this point um, that he wants everything. He wants all the pinkies. He wants the middle finger, the thumb. He wants the toes. He wants everything. Um, this is a weird metaphor I was going on there. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> And I just feel that, like, in the future, it looks like he's going to be the one who wants, like, from the trailer and everything, it looks like he's the one who actually wants to tell people and make it official and everything. So it'll be interesting to see what actually happens here because I'm really not sure that this song is going to represent him for very long. Yeah. Um, and um, so that to me is quite interesting. So we we may actually get another song. We may get more than one OST from them. We might not, but we might. Someone mentioned they might have a song that they sing together. I don't know where oh. they got that idea. Someone in the comments on YouTube, I think, I saw mentioned oh, okay. that. Well, that, it's not unusual. I mean, let, let's face it. Um, Ofgun had uh, the song for yeah. me together, um, which I can't remember for life. I don't remember what the title of it's called. What's it called? They're going to have something for Cooking Crush for sure. Oh yeah, which they uh, oh um, so oh, no, I forgot the name. How dare I? All I can think of is too cute to handle, and I know it's not that. That song <laughs> is like that song is burned in everybody's My brain. side, not not my side. My it's, side, no, it is my, my side. It's, 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 okay, my side. <laughs> yeah, so they had that, and then um, the ones who were in the clips. Oh yeah, first and fir- first and uh, called Tung, right? Yeah. I don't know. I say it differently. I'm not. I know what's wrong, so I'm not going to say it here now. Oh, wait. I knew. I knew what his name was, but I couldn't remember first. I was having a complete blank on first. But yeah, they have a song from that, I think, or from the Our Sky. <laughs> are you that? talking about? Are you talking about Eclipse or Never Let Me Go? Because I know you. Uh, no, no, I am talking about Eclipse. I was talking about first, yeah, and and uh-huh. his partner. <laughs> okay. His name I'm not going to pronounce because I know I'm going to say it wrong. Um, yeah, no, they sang a song together. I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, maybe they didn't. No, they did. They, there's a song. There's a song. I have that on my playlist as well. No idea. They played a song with someone and they did it together. This is what's important. Yeah. And so, so it, it, potentially, it, potentially that could be something that comes up for sure. I'm super curious because there's a few scenes in Perth's video I'm wondering if they're all scenes from the show or if, I mean, I know, because I know some of them are scenes from the show because we've seen them in trailers and things like that. But there are some definitely that we haven't seen before. Um, I'm wondering if any of those are actually happening in the show or whether they're just scenes they shot purely and simply for the music video. I'm I'm quite curious about that. Some scenes look like they're from episode five and others look like it's something that's going to happen later. 
yeah, I'm curious to see which ones we'll actually get. To, I mean, obviously, them walking through the field feeding like livestock is not something that's going to happen in the episode. At least I can't imagine where they would fit that in. But hey, who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what gets me is the very end of Perth's song. We have a cutoff right before they actually kiss, right before we see them kiss. And I'm so bummed Loving. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so oh, yeah, It makes sense. It makes sense because they are saving this for their drama, for the big, big moment. It has to have impact. They didn't even have this uh, in Never Let Me Go because they already knew probably they're going to have their own drama and they were saving the, saving the moment, yeah. the event. I, mean, I, really, for, for I, really, I really am hoping that we get a really – I mean, like, I'm not – like, this is not me, like, the straight guy fetishizing the gay guys or whatever. I just – I want them to have – as a as a couple, a healthy romantic whatever kiss because so far their kisses are completely fucked. We've got horse kiss, we've got mm-hmm. um, and then we have the kiss in episode three. Is it episode three or episode four where they kiss? Three, three. three. They not don't kiss. They look like they're kissing. Yeah. yeah, we have the thumb kiss. I'm referring to it as the thumb kiss. We have. The forced kiss and the thumb or kiss. Thumb like, sucking, guys. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, please, please have a real kiss. I'm like, I, I'm desperate for them to have a kiss they both enjoy. But I mean, I suppose it makes you know, sense because at this I'm, point I'm in so time, fine they whatever they give, they wouldn't have had a kiss that meant anything to them at this point in time. Yeah. Anyway, those kisses make sense. So. Um, but like I was like I never actually even noticed when I first because I watched the music video for them when they both first came out and I don't actually remember seeing that bit and I was just like oh they totally ripped us off by like ending it before they kissed um, and then I, and then I was like eh, maybe they're waiting <laughs> and then I was like oh don't tell me they're gonna be one of those couples where they don't actually kiss but I feel like that's probably not gonna be a thing for this drama considering the for uh, the way the fourth episode has been they're I think they, uh, I actually, we talked about it. We talked about how well, I don't know who did the trailer, but the trailer is so fucking well done for this series. Like they, they put in uh, enough to get you interested, but it's done so well that it, they do not give up anything. Like there are no real spoilers that will spoil the big moments. Mm-mm. I did not see most of um, coming that happened in the episodes and, it's yeah. very hard to do. It's very hard to make a good trailer. Yeah, I think so too. Because as you said, you've got to give just enough to keep people interested um, without overdoing it and without oversharing. Because there's definitely been a few trailers in the past where they've given way too much away. Um, and so you don't get, there's no surprises, no anticipation for those like big moments or for even, like, not even big moments, just like sometimes those little moments that are really cute and unexpected but if they share them in the trailer, then you you don't get any of that in the show either, and that sometimes is a it sometimes is a big down like let down. So yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised, and I feel like even the even the trailers for like the weekly episodes, I don't think have been o- overly um informative. I mean, you're getting a rough idea, and oh my god, how good does like a Friday's episode look? I'm really looking forward to Friday's episode. It looks super cute. I'm assuming it's not going to be totally super cute, but it looks cute. Yeah, I'm looking good. forward to it. So, but I'm really, I'm really just, I wish we could just binge it all. But then at the same time, I'm, I feel like I'll be really sad because it'll be over. <laughs> Please torture me for longer. Yeah, on season two as well. 
<laughs> if it continues being this good, I I would so watch season two and season three. Just just make it good. I know. I just, feel like just it's... and and somehow it just keeps surprising me, and uh, it keeps be- getting better and better in surprising ways. Yeah, like it goes in directions you wouldn't expect it to go. And I feel like it's yeah. I feel like this is this this show has the potential to be like not me, where we're like it's like two years later and we're still begging for a second season or a special episode. <laughs> you mean life life altering? Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it has the potential. Like it's definitely so far. I'm, 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 I'm really excited still about it. You know what I mean. So I think they've done a really good job of, of getting us interested and and um, yeah. I I'm really interested. I've been really enjoying talking about these first four episodes. Um. So anyway, looking forward to the next one. I don't know when we're posting this. If the episode is already out or not. Yeah, me neither. Sure. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. We're we're our no first time. Come on. Yeah, we look. We Give were, us some we slack. Were, <laughs> we were we were intending to post it early, but whether or not that'll actually happen, because once again, it's that pesky time difference. It's hang yes. on, let's see. It's it's three fifty seven a.m. here. So like this is this is how passionate I am about my <laughs> And what time? What time is it for you? 9 27 p.m okay, that's way more reasonable easier um, for me yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah this is the problem see i need someone to pay us just to do this podcast so then we don't have to go to work and we can just record whenever we want to <laughs> please join our patreon <laughs> yeah i know right like, then we really, don't help that'll be the next thing we yeah we're totally gonna start one no i mean like that's probably not gonna happen but it might you never know we won't say, never say never um but seriously yeah like if i didn't have to go to work tomorrow we would just keep talking but we have to end it somewhere so we'll we'll think about ending it about here for now well that was fun at least for us it was (laughs) if you made it to the end i'm not sure if we should apologize or congratulate you but thanks again for spending your time with us join us in the next podcast as we react to episode five of dangerous romance we are hoping to post on a regular schedule, but it's all really new right now. So please check out our Twitter, Critically OBS, for all future posting schedules. Bye for now. I'm Mirella. And I'm Zoe. And we'll see you next time for Episode 5 of Dangerous Romance.